I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Jerry Hankley, a healthcare and privacy attorney at law firm Pillsbury Winthrop Shaw Pittman in San Francisco. Jerry is also chair of the firm's healthcare industry team. Jerry will be speaking to us today about covered entities and business associates and their state of HIPAA omnibus compliance. Hi, Jerry. Good morning. It's been more than a year since HIPAA omnibus first went into effect in March 2013. What's the status of business associate and covered entity compliance from what you see? Well, there's a lot of activity among a lot of our clients, particularly those that are business associates. What we've been advising generally is so a good opportunity uh, because there is a, a final compliance date in September of 2014, which is coming up, to pay attention to HIPAA compliance in general and business associate contracting in particular. And it's given us an opportunity to help clients clean up their business associate uh, contracting forms and systems, which have kind of grown like a little bit like Topsy um, and, and have become unmanageable for many business associates because they have to manage to so many different forms. And so the larger business associates, say big companies that have uh, you know a lot of, of healthcare covered entity clients, have taken this opportunity to establish template business associate agreements that they want to enter into and uh, they don't want to enter into 20,000 different ones with different uh, performance requirements. So that's kind of a major trend that we're seeing. Uh, we also are seeing that the industry is, is a little bit behind in compliance. Because of the September 2014 deadline uh, for uh, entering into uh, omnibus rule compliant business associate agreements, um, if your underlying agreement hasn't been amended in the interim, uh, which is very much the case for, for a lot of business associates, they, you know, they pushed it off into 2014, and now there, it's a little bit of an administrative uh, hassle for them to to manage it, particularly those business associates that have lots and lots of covered entity clients. So now, what are the biggest changes you've seen in the last year in how business associates and covered entities are approaching health data privacy and security? What sorts of demands are being made? The biggest change that we are seeing is that there actually is recognition of an obligation of compliance. The big change in high tech, which was passed in 2010, and the omnibus rule, which implemented that statute uh, last year, is that business associates are directly liable under HIPAA for violations of the rule, including data breach. Um, so this has created a sense of greater need for a compliance initiative across business associates uh, that our business associates are, um, you know, finally realizing this is risk. And so, you know, what, what we find is that in those situations, we're actually um, not necessarily talking to an IT department or uh, another business unit uh, that is, is actually handling data. Our direct client contact may be somebody in risk management who is trying to, to make certain that the company has a risk management sensitive approach to HIPAA compliance. And that is a, uh, that's a sea change uh, because when HIPAA was initially adopted over a decade ago, um, this became an IT problem. 
Um, it also became a budget problem for a lot of covered entities and business associates because, you know, it was another line item uh, that had to be funded. Um, and some organizations stepped up, had the had the budget, and implemented comprehensive compliance programs and involved, you know, senior management all the way up to the board. But lots and lots of business associates and covered entities did not. Um, and that's really the change we're seeing now is that this is now part of a com- compliance programs for organizations, particularly business associates. In the work that you do with BAs and what you see from covered entities, what are the biggest compliance struggles that they're still having with HIPAA omnibus? What's causing them the most grief? It's incidental to the omnibus rule, but it actually has always been under HIPAA, and that is the need to conduct an appropriate risk assessment and across-the-board the assessment of privacy policies and uh, physical security uh, and technical security. And these are difficult things to do, and they're expensive, and the result of them often is that you see things, uh, situations that need to be corrected. And so that is really, I think, the largest challenge. Now, recently, the government, HHS, has published a toolkit for risk assessment. I think it's ironic that that is coming out now, kind of 13 years after covered entities and business associates were obligated to start doing this. It's finally the government has realized this is a, a big problem, and they're trying to provide some help. And we've just started getting into the toolkit, but it is, I think, going to be a very useful assist for two purposes. One is to help you get a, your risk assessment organized, but also to understand the enforcement mentality from the government, that this is, is essentially the standard they're putting out there, that if you get audited, uh, this is what the government is going to expect you to have done uh, since they recently published it. So that's kind of the, that's like the big news of the last 30 days. Now, when it comes to dealing with OCR, what sort of advice do you have to BAs and CEs when it comes to avoiding the scrutiny of OCR? Well, you you know, you can't really do that. They've just announced another round of audits. They're going to be auditing business associates. Um, interestingly, they sent out a, a questionnaire to a large group of covered entities and business associates, which is kind of a tip-off. If you didn't get the questionnaire, it's unlikely that you're going to get uh, audited within the next audit cycle, which I think will take place over the next 18 months. Um, and, you know, that's an in- that's an interesting approach for the government because usually they don't want to tell you when they're going to come and check you. But I also think it demonstrates a sensitivity to how difficult HIPAA compliance is. And so if you got one of those, those questionnaires, you you know, your certainty rises dramatically that you're going to be audited and you ought to start preparing for it just as, you know, covered entities prepare for joint commission accreditation audits, which, uh, you know, are surprise audits that, that come every three years. What's the top things that these organizations should be doing if they got that letter? Conduct your risk assessment. That should be job one. Two, revisit training. Three, pay attention to what the risk assessment shows and um, prioritize the larger, more significant issues as opposed to the ones that are less significant and start working on them. Uh, Because the auditors in the government, they have said, you know, they don't expect everybody to be 100% compliant, but they want everybody to be working on it. And one of the things that happened, you know, a couple of years ago, they they did these test audits that didn't result in any enforcement action or penalties, uh, but they published the results. And I think more than a third of those who were audited didn't even 
know they had HIPAA obligations. I mean, that's that was a shocking statistic for the government. And so what they're trying to do now is make sure that everybody has who has an obligation under HIPAA has it on their radar screen and they're paying attention to it. And so that's the thing you need to do. I mean, HIPAA compliance can't just be a binder on the shelf that you bought 12 years ago. It has to be part of operations. It has to be part of your compliance initiative. And every employee who comes in contact with protected health information needs to know about the program and, if questioned, needs to explain what their obligations are under the program. And that you can only accomplish through training and retraining. What are the biggest HIPAA omnibus-related mistakes that you see business associates and covered entities making? Not recognizing who all the business associates are, that if you, you know, receiving protected health information, you need to understand the capacity in which you received it. A lot of covered entities mistakenly believe that anyone that they deliver protected health information to is going to be their business associate and a business associate agreement flows over. Um, you know, that is not the case. Business associates are only enterprises that act on behalf of a covered entity, like a billing service or, you know, any enterprise that does administrative or, or technical support that, that has a, access to protected health information. Now, another healthcare uh, provider is not the business associate necessarily, unless they are, but, you know, they, they're not automatically the business associate of another, another covered entity that happens to provide them protected health information. And it's that misunderstanding that we we literally encounter that every day. When it comes to business associate agreements, what should BAs do and not do when it comes to signing these agreements when they're pressured by covered entities? Well, I mean, we have an approach to them. The statute and the rule uh, prescribes what needs to be in a business associate agreement. And so what we do is we have like a checklist that we provide to our business associate clients to go through the business associate agreement that's proposed and determine what section of the of the regulation is is applies to the provision. If uh, you can't find a section of of the omnibus rule that applies to your section to a particular section, then you need to put it on the list of why is this here? Why is this provision in the agreement? And it may relate to indemnity, or it may relate to other kinds of things. You know, the one thing we've really seen uh, with business associate agreements over the years is that it's an opportunity for overlawyering, and we feel that that's just really inappropriate. The business associate agreement ought to be legally compliant, but it oughtn't to be the catch-all for all kinds of, of obligations that you wouldn't expect to find there. And our advice is that, you know, if indemnification is appropriate, it's appropriate across the board in the relationship between the covered entity and the business associate, and there shouldn't be a different standard with relation to, to privacy. And typically, the indemnity provision in the main service agreement that creates the business associate agreement and an indemnification in a BA agreement are different. Sometimes they're at odds with each other, and that just gives rise to, you know, potential additional problems. So the kind of the bottom line for our business associate clients, we advise our covered entities the same too, is, you know, have a lean and mean business associate agreement that complies with the rules. And if there are other provisions that should govern the interrelationship between the parties, then those ought to be in the agreement that underlies the business associate relationship and not in a business associate agreement. Thanks, Jerry. I've been speaking to Jerry Hinckley. I'm Marian Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.